The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. You know, I, I told you I get a little bit sappier every year in my old age, and I actually sat there and laughed at the beginning of that and cried at the end. I was sitting in my office crying during the early weeks, so I'm not sure. But we are going to talk a uh, little Father's Day message as we, as we hit the end of the Sermon on the Mount because we're going to talk about building our house on the rock. Um, well, first, I always get laughing at, at uh, different cultures that you find in our world. I don't know if you know what I mean. Uh, obviously, there's different cultures in different countries. We've had a couple chances to go to uh, some mission trips, and we were in Hungary, and there's a culture there. I remember the missionary sat down and kind of explained to us how things are different here. And then there was a culture in Nicaragua, and they went through that, and you know how things would be different down there. Uh, but even in our little world around here, you get into like different worlds. Do you, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but like Francis and I, took, uh, I don't know how many years ago, we took a dance class. And we went to a dance studio. Totally different little world when we walked in there. I mean, different clothes, different lingo. By the way, I flunked out, but she did pretty well. Uh, we, we never went, went on with that. Uh, some of you are in like a culture around a sports world. You know, you get into, you know, softball or something like that. But it, ha it almost has its own little world uh, and its own little culture. I actually have joined the uh, senior softball culture this year. Yeah, it's very different. Instead of telling people, hurry up, run around the bases, you say, don't get hurt. Take your time. Are you okay? Do you need a pinch runner? Uh, is everybody all right? Just calm down. Very, very different culture. But the Sermon on the Mount has very much been Jesus laying out the culture of his kingdom. Okay? And it's a culture that's upside down compared to the world. It is, a, it is very different uh, the way Jesus is telling us to live as part of his kingdom. He makes spiritual poverty a good thing. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. He makes mourning and heartache over sin a good thing. Blessed are those that mourn. He talks about matters of the heart being as important as, as our actions. When he talks about lust and, and he talks about hatred. He, here's maybe the most amazing thing that's different about his kingdom. Normally in the culture of those days, the king was somebody that you, didn't, you couldn't even look at almost. You had to bow your head when you walked by, and you couldn't approach the king. There was no way to do that. But in his kingdom, he invites us to pray. He says, come to me and say, Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So he's teaching us about this upside-down kingdom. And remember last week he said, but there's most people are going to head on through the broad gate. They're going to go down the, the wide way, the easy way. But I'm going to tell you that there is a narrow gate, a narrow gate through Jesus Christ and a, and a relationship with me. And again, it is a kingdom that is very much upside-down. Well, he, as he closes his message, he actually lays the foundation Okay, it's almost like that's upside down too. I'm going to tell you what is the key. You see, storms are definitely going to come. The question is, is your life is, uh, built on that relationship to Jesus Christ, on that rock of Jesus Christ? So let's go ahead and read through um, what are the closing verses here in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse number 24. Everyone then, Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them 
will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Hold on a second. Right there, he just sums it up. He said, what are they to do? How are you going to build your house on the rock? They'll hear these words of mine and do them. And then he illustrates here. But the rain fell, the floods came, the wind blew and beat against the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And then he's done and it says, when Jesus finished saying these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. You see, they were used to religious leaders standing up and speaking. They were used to religious leaders gathering in the synagogue and lecturing and uh, you know, giving their thoughts. But what they would do is just kind of, okay, let's kind of weigh what this guy had to say. And what, let's weigh what this guy had to say. And let's kind of pick and choose and figure out who we agree with. Because the synagogue leaders, the rabbis at that time would lecture and you could kind of take it or leave it or whatever like that. But they were amazed that this guy spoke as one who has authority. Now, let's, let's dissect this a little bit as far as, you know, getting specific into our lives here. One of the things Jesus is definitely telling us to do is to dig deep. You see, the homes that they would build at that time are all built of the same material, basically, and they all look the same on the surface. In fact, even where they are built looks very similar because uh, sand would cover everything. So the place that you're picking to build your house is, is going to look the same, actually, whether you're building on a sand foundation or whether you're building on a rock foundation because there's going to be sand on top. So the wise builder is going to dig down. The wise builder is going to go down and make sure that underneath that sand that he's building his house on, because, again, the storms are going to come. And if he is built just on the sand, when the storms come, it's going to wash out. It is not going to stand. So Jesus is admonishing then you got to dig down. you got to, you got to make sure that you are building on the truth of God. He said, the wise man takes my words, the truth, and does them. That's what you're building on is that truth. And if you think about it, in our culture today, truth has been redefined, I guess you could say. But basically, here's a phrase we hear all the time. This is my truth. Okay? That is your truth, and this is my truth. This is so common. This is the dominant uh, philosophy, if you will, of our culture is relativism. And everybody gets to determine their own, their own truth. There is no absolute truth. Jesus said, you want to build on my words. That's where truth is. I want to share something, and, and please do not, I don't mean this to be mean in any way as, as I say this. Uh, we, um, I stopped in a convenience store on Friday afternoon. Uh, I was on my way uh, to wedding. Francis has been out of town again this week. Her aunt died, and, and uh, I, my comfort is Pepsi. Okay, just that's a confession probably. But I thought, I deserve a big Pepsi. Uh, so I went in there, filled up my eyes, went over there, went over to the cashier, and uh, paid the cashier, and uh, the cashier handed back the change. And I just instinctively, I just said, because this is just how I say, hey, thank you very much, sir. 
and I walked, started to walk out. Uh, you always do that. You always say, sir. He called me, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, he calls me boss, too. Wish I could get Josh to do it. But anyway, uh, the, uh, but, 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 you know, I said, thank you very much, sir. And I started to walk away, and I just, and the person, the cashier said to me, it's not sir. And I, again, I don't mean to be rude. Uh, this was an individual who was bigger than I am. Uh, both height and size, had facial hair, uh, and uh, was very offended that I said, sir. And again, I, I'm not trying to be unkind. I, I, I really am not. I mean, I, I left. I didn't know what to do. I just said, well, oh, I'm sorry, and I, I walked out. I, I didn't know what to say. But we live in a world where I saw a T-shirt the other day. Somebody said, I, I love hamburgers, but I identify as vegan. And, you know, it's, it's almost that type of thing where it's just, you know, I can just say whatever regardless of truth. And I'm not, you know, please... You know, I hope you're, you're reading me. I'm not, I'm not attacking. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying that our world is void of the idea that there's absolute truth. We don't believe that anymore. We all have my truth. And if I believe it is true, then it, then it is true. I heard one um, Congress, uh, congresswoman interviewed, and uh, they were talking to her, and, and somebody had confronted her with something from Scripture. And she said this. She said, stop telling me what the Bible says. I don't care. I don't believe the Bible, and I don't believe in your God. Now, the thing about it is, I kind of appreciate the fact that she, she was tr truthful. I don't care what God says. I don't believe in God. I, you know, I just don't care. Stop telling me that. I don't want to hear it anymore because I think for a lot of that, us, that's pretty much what we've decided. I don't care that if there is a truth, that if the word of God, the word of Jesus that he said were to build upon, I don't care if those exist or not. I don't believe it. I have my truth. And that is very much the world in which we live, and it creeps into our life quite often. And that is why... Um, I mentioned that I, and I hesitate to say the same things over and over again, like, you know, did he not have anything to say? But if there's one message that I want to communicate over and over again, it is the importance of us being grounded in the Word of God. That I am not just feeding you something on Sunday morning, but that you are learning to feed yourself and that you are getting into the Word of God. And I, I'm not, again, this is not like, well, I'm mad at you. I'm going to be unkind. I know this is a struggle. You see, the Word of God is so crucial to us and to us standing and building our house upon it. It is so crucial that the enemy of God knows that very well, and he will do everything he can to keep us out of the Word of God. And I know very well that most, and, and this isn't intended to be mean, most Christians, and I would even venture an educated guess that most people in here spend very little time in the Word of God. And I, again, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because I know the struggle that I've had to stay faithful and grounded in the Word of God and how easy it is to get distracted of it. I'm not trying to attack. Come on, you got to get with it. I am much more saying, folks, we need this, and the enemy is doing everything that he can to keep us away from God's truth. And I watch people whose faith is crumbling, and if I ask the question, how are you doing as far as being in the Word of God? You see, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If we're not in the Word of God, if we're not grounded in the truth, our faith is going to crumble. We're not building upon that rock. And I, so I find myself wanting to repeat this over and over again. Folks, we need the Word of God. I was uh, reading uh, in the book of Titus, and I was reading through some different translations and paraphrases, and I came across 
Uh, again, this is a letter to me in some ways as a pastor. And uh, the first verse of Titus is, is, here's what kind of my job is to do as the pastor. Paul is talking to me saying we are to get out the accurate word of God and how to respond to it rightly. See how that goes back to knowing the word and doing it, what Jesus said? I mean, it's, it's very simplified there. Here, get out there. And what is my job? My job is to accurately teach the Word of God and help us learn to do it, put it into, into practice. Does that make some sense? Now, not only does he say, though, that we need to get into the Word of God and know the, know the Word of God, he is also tells us very clearly that we are to obey the Word of God. In other words, we're to do it, not just, not just hear it. Now, again, I really am not in a mean mood this morning. It's going to kind of sound like it for a couple minutes. Um, when, uh, after Easter this year, we started our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, I want you to think about that for a little bit here. A lot of you have been here many of those weeks. We began with the idea of blessed are the, the poor in spirit. We talked about that idea of recognizing my spiritual poverty, recognizing my need for a Savior, recognizing my need for Jesus in everyday life. Talked about the blessed are those who mourn, those who are heartbroken about their sin. Blessed are those who are pure in heart is the idea of that, you know, not that God is willing to share us with other gods. But especially back in the culture of the Old Testament and even some of the New Testament, it was the idea of, yeah, we'll take Jesus, we'll take him along with this and along with this and along with this. And Jesus said, no, that's not how it goes here. It's me and me alone. And uh, he said, those who are pure, wholeheartedly, single-heartedly a- after him. We talked about the salt and light idea and the idea that it is Christians uh, that are responsible for the positive influence on the culture and the preservation of the culture. Jesus talked about anger, where not just murder, but anger is also wrong, and, and hatred. Jesus talked about lust, not just adultery, but also the, the sins of our heart, and he went, went through that. He talked about worry and how we insult God when we do not trust Him. He talked about judging. We looked at a few weeks ago and the idea of, of uh, you know, the importance of looking in our own lives for the hypocrisy, for that giant uh, beam that's in our life before we're trying to uh, pull the splinter out of somebody else. Talked about prayer, and it's up there twice on purpose because remember he emphasized this over and over again. He said uh, at a couple of different places in this three-chapter sermon, he's encouraging us to pray. And then you know, last week we looked a little bit about the idea of the golden rule. And again, talk about an upside-down idea. Instead of just saying, don't do the things that you don't want somebody else to do to you, he said, no, look and see what you would want somebody else to do and do that. A very positive action that sets Christianity apart from the others who would have similar but not the same commands. Now, again, let me be mean for another couple seconds, okay? Most... Many of you have been here a lot of these weeks. Anything? We taken any steps of obedience? Okay. Uh, again, I'm not. I, please, please catch catch me here. This is not. This is not you bunch of heathens. This is I know myself. Okay. I know how many times I've sat in church and thought, "Good message." Well, that's good, uh, and uh, totally forgot about it. And not, nothing. Nothing. I take no positive step on something. So I'm not preaching to say, hey, I'm a whole lot better than you on this. I'm saying, look at where we all are a lot of times. Jesus has said, if you're, going to, if you're going to build a firm foundation, you want to hear my word and obey it. So what do we do when we hear the word of God? How do we respond? Do 
we obey. Here's the thing. Um, I've told you before, and I know this sounds a little snotty, probably going to offend somebody with this. I hope nobody in here runs a buffet restaurant. Uh, but uh, I used to always say my wife was snotty. She won't go to buffets. But uh, I have to admit, I'm snotty too. <laughs> we, were, we were a few weeks ago. We were out of town on her birthday, and there was a restaurant down the road called Magnolia. That sounded good. You know, those Chip and Joanna. I thought it was going to be a nice little restaurant. We went in there, and they had a breakfast buffet. And she said, well, let's try it. Uh, and uh, and we tr- we tr- we've always kind of sworn off we're not going to buffets, but we decided to go ahead and try it. I think it was like 13 bucks a piece. And, okay, she paid it got this little glass. It wasn't even orange juice. She ordered orange juice. Got this little glass of like tang or something. It was four seventy-five. Anyway, uh, we got out of there. We got out of there for about 40 bucks. And uh, once again, we've sworn off we're never going to buffets. Again, please, if you own a buffet restaurant, I'm sure you've already written me off. Hopefully the rest of you I haven't offended. If you love buffets, go to buffet for Father's Day. That's fine. Have a good time. But we're not big fans of the buffet. You know, I'll take some of this, but not some of this. I'll take some of this. I'll not take some of this. Listen, remember that last verse that we read? It said, Jesus taught as one having authority. If I am giving you advice, and and folks, you know, unless I'm just reading Scripture up here, you're going to get some of Dan in every message, and I understand that. I try to limit him, uh, but uh, but he's going to work his way in some. I not only, I want to encourage you to treat that like a buffet. <laughs> okay, that's what Dan thinks. Uh, that's what Dan said. I mean, my kids do that all the time with my parental advice, but uh, my child-rearing advice. But, uh, the, you know, they, uh, whatever Dan says, you know, is, is just, hey, take it or leave it. That's fine. But not what Jesus says. Jesus is the one that taught having authority. He has the authority of the Father. His word is truth and is perfect. And we cannot just come and decide, hey, I will follow this, but I will not follow that. You know, okay, preaching hard, I know it. Okay, I know it because I've been preaching this to myself this week. And it had driven me to a uh, passage in the Bible in Romans chapter 7. Now, I'm going to quote some of it. Some of you will know it. You may not have known it was in Romans chapter 7. It'd be a great read for you. Romans chapter 7, make sure you go on and read Romans chapter 8. But there's a place where the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, the things I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things that I know I shouldn't do, I end up doing. Okay, and I thought, as I, even as I read this and I preached to myself, I thought, well, that's me. I'm not perfect on these things, uh, far from it. And sometimes, you know, I want to do better, but I don't, and everything like that, and I struggle with that. But I read on in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, who shall deliver me from this mess I'm in? In other words, I am so tired of going back and forth, trying to do better and falling apart and everything like that. Who shall deliver me? And then the next phrase I love says, but thanks be to God. He says, he is the one who delivered me. And what I wanted to point out is, we started off, you know, talking a little bit about what the Sermon on the Mount, what the context of it. And actually, uh, most people believe that he probably did preach somewhat uphill because of the acoustics, that's how he would have preached. And it was more of a rolling hill, hill like that. And we've been going through this message, and I'm going to say uh, this incredibly uh, high impossible standard of living in his culture and I look at it some and I say (laughs) yeah I don't get this all down at all I still struggle with many of these things that I've been preaching to you but what I want us to do today is allow this mountain the Sermon on the Mount to drive us to this mountain 
to the place where I realize that, yes, I need a Savior. I need Jesus Christ because I, I don't measure up to everything. And not for there, not only do I need a Savior because I need saving, uh, meaning I need forgiveness of my sins that I may be made right with God and have eternal life, but I need a Savior in, in my everyday walk of life. I need His strength and I want to rely upon Him. Um, this is, uh, I'll try to stop saying this. I think I've said this three weeks in a row. I've taken a break from a, a regimented Bible reading this summer where I was reading through the whole Bible, and I'm calling it the Summer of Dan uh, in the Bible, and I'm just reading different things that I just like, some of my favorite texts. And one of the things that it led me to this week was the book of James. And uh, I was reading through the book of James, and I wanted to share something I came across with you and, and try, to, try to follow this here. James, again, he's preaching hard. Listen to this first part. Verse number 4 of chapter 4, he says, You adulterous people, do you not know that the friendship with the world is enemy with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. He said, basically, you're cheating on God. You're not making him first. You're, you're loving other things in place of him. And then, he, and then he says this, Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the Scriptures say he yearns jealously Okay, let me, let me try to explain that. It says, hey, some of you're going after the world. You're not loving him first. You're loving these other things like that. Do you think the Bible's just kidding when it says that he is a jealous God? He loves you. He wants your love. He wants your devotion. You think it's just taking that lightly? And again, I, I was in that same mindset where I thought, oh, man, you know, I, I, I am, uh, you know, needing some help here. And listen to the next phrase. But he gives more grace. So more than anything, more than anything, what I'd like you to do this day is run to the rock, okay? The psalmist wrote, I go to the rock that is higher than I. Go to him and his word. You know, I never really, I you know, my, my job is, is never to bring conviction. I'm thankful when the Holy Spirit does that in somebody's life. But I'm never trying to beat somebody up or tell people what they do wrong or anything like, like that in that way. My job is, however, to clearly preach the Word of God. And as the Word of God tells, gives these standards for living, I pray that it will drive us, as we look at this Sermon on one mountain, that it will drive us to another mountain, that mountain where God gave His only Son to pay the price for my sin, and that I will run to Him, run to that rock, run to that place, and find, first of all, forgiveness for my failures, but then also the strength and the help and the one who wants to walk with me as I continue on this journey to live the life of His culture in a mixed-up culture and in a messed-up culture. Back, uh, Jen, you can go ahead and make your way up. Oh, you're right there. Uh, back when I first, um, I think it was the Monday after Easter, I was sitting down, I was reading through the Sermon on the Mount, and um, I, as I got to the end, as I got to these verses we read today, Frances always has her music going in the other room. Got to get that woman headphones. Uh, but, uh, but she had her music going in the other, other room, and, and uh, this song was on. And, uh, you know, so I'm, you, you'll see how, perfectly is connected there, but, uh, and I think it wraps up beautifully our look at this, at the Sermon on, on the Mount. So normally, you know, worship time is we're inviting everybody to sing. I know this is a song that most of you don't know, so I just asked if Jen could sing us for us today. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and kind of sum up everything with this, with this song. Got it? 
Did you hear that enough, that phrase over and over again? If it don't stand on the word of the Lord, how's it going to fall? Jesus made it so simple. He said, hear my word and obey. Now, my hope is built on nothing less than what? And whose righteousness? I want to make sure we say that. I'm not, oh, we are such a righteous group. No, my hope has nothing to do with me following any of this. My hope is built on his righteousness. And I want to make sure that's plain because I've got no confidence in my own flesh as far as eternity goes. It is all in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to go to the, that rock of Calvary. I'm going to pray. Um, we're a little out of order, uh, but I need you to stay just for a couple minutes. I just have a couple announcements I need to go over so uh, that are kind of important. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for your word, your perfect word. May we grow in our knowledge of it, in our trust in it, uh, to the place where we trust it enough to obey it. And, um, yeah, Lord, would you, you know, again, I, Father, I, I always know that if I'm trying to bring conviction in people's lives, I'm, I'm just foolish. But your spirit takes your word and ministers, and, Lord, we just want to surrender what the word of God said to us today to him and his work in our lives, uh, praying that he'll power, he will continue to powerfully use it in our lives, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church. Or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.